Welcome back to The Profitable Python. I am your host, Ben McNeil, and on this episode, you'll meet Louis Serrano. Louis is the author of Grokking Machine Learning and the owner of a machine learning YouTube channel with 55K subscribers. He's worked at Apple and Google as a machine learning engineer and educator, and at Udacity as the head of content in artificial intelligence. Before his career in Silicon Valley, Lewis was a pure mathematician. He has a PhD in mathematics from the University of Michigan, a bachelor's and master's in mathematics from the University of Waterloo, and did a postdoctoral fellowship at the University of Quebec at Montreal. Lewis, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Ben. It's an honor to be here. Awesome. Yeah, I'm super excited to have you here and to crack this open. Uh, my first question to you is, how did you get into machine learning? Well, that's an interesting story. Yeah, I was, I was in mathematics before and I was doing pure, pure mathematics. I was doing research for a living and my dream was to be a professor. Uh, somewhere in, during my postdoc years, I started getting interested in other things. So I, I started getting interested in technology and I started programming more and you know machine learning just showed up and i'm like this is pretty interesting i, I thought it was so sci-fi but then i realized it's, it's the same mathematics just applied to to really interesting applications and i thought okay let me just do a full full life change and so i left academia and i went to google to work in uh, as a machine learning engineer i was at the youtube uh, recommendations team so the one that recommends the videos that, that you watch and continue watching and <laughs> And can waste time. So uh, that's uh, <laughs> then I really fell in love with it. I started uh, looking at, you know, trying to understand it in my own way, and and really, really loved it. So I haven't turned back. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So if anybody has insight on how to, uh, you know, optimize their YouTube, it sounds like you you are Let one me of know. The, yeah. I'm your guy. <laughs> cool. Awesome. Oh, uh, what was what would you consider your first success as a machine learning professional? Well, I think is when I started teaching it. I think um, when I was applying it, it was it was very fulfilling and it was great. But uh, you know, I was just doing the same thing as the next person. But when I when I started teaching it, I realized that I, I see it in a different way as others because I I try to understand it my own way uh, in a very sort of conceptual way that um, I try to re remove the formulas. I try to it, remove the technicalities and say, okay, how do we explain this to a five-year-old? Mm. And that's the way I see it. And, and actually that, that sometimes slows me down when I'm writing color and things like doing things like that. But when I start explaining to people, teaching workshops, teaching online courses, making videos, that's when people starting appreciating it. And, and I was like, Oh, I think, I think I got something here. I think I can contribute with the way I, I explain things to myself, mm -hmm. showing them to others I, that, that helps. So that, that was the first time that I thought, Oh, okay. I got something. Hmm. Yeah, that's amazing. I, uh, I wouldn't consider myself a machine learning professional, but I have done some projects with it. And I'd have to say the learning curve is a little steep. Maybe it was just the resources that I decided to use when, when uh, getting up to speed with it. But, uh, but you think it is actually possible to, like you could break this down to a five-year-old's kind of learning mindset and, and kind of start from there, I guess. Yeah, that's what I always go for. I think I, I think anything can be can be like that. And if, if we haven't, if there's something that can't be explained to five year old, it's because we haven't understood it yet. <laughs> and obviously yeah. some things require more, right? Like some, some things will will require some heavy learning. 
but to get into things and start applying them and start learning them, uh, you, I think the bar is low. Mm. Um, my favorite um, analogies with music, and I use this all the time, I think of like what would happen if we wanted to get into music or if a child wanted to get into music, right? Well, first you learn them, you teach them how to sing and you show them music and to appreciate it. And they don't need knowledge for that. Uh, if the child wants to become a musician, then yes, you, you need to teach them scales and you need to teach them uh, complicated things. But uh, to start to appreciate a topic and to be you know competent on it, uh, you, you can with music, right? And, and I think the same thing with mathematics and with machine learning. Somebody wants to learn. There are many tools. There are many ways you can get into it and be productive. And if you want to be a researcher, if you want to do something super elaborate, then, then you learn some more. But it's, it's not the opposite. What, what people tell you about machine learning is go learn math and come back. Go learn programming and come back. No, 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 no. I tell you the opposite. Start doing it. And as you go, if you decide to be more and more elaborate, then, then you can start learning the, the techniques. Mm. Yeah. yeah, that's that's really powerful. And the other thing that kind of comes to mind with what you were just saying is there's there's basically no excuse for like a business person to be kind of aware of the machine learning space because yeah. you don't have to be uh, like a hardcore programmer to understand these concepts. And maybe people could actually work better together. Like they, yeah. they could describe their needs to the programmers better. And so Absolutely. it just, it makes a lot of sense what you're talking about to, uh, <laughs> yeah, if we, if we can't explain it to a five-year-old, maybe we don't understand it. I love exactly. that. Man. I love <laughs> that. You. That's cool. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And, and a business person, as you, you mentioned that a, a business person can, can put a lot of, uh, and do a lot of input here is not just for heavy programmers because a business person thinks in a business way and they can come and, and, and bring ideas that other people won't. And that's the beautiful thing of, of machine learning that everybody comes from a different walk of life and they all have a different way to see the world. And at the end of the day, what you want to do is teach a computer how to act like a human and what a better way than getting humans that from all walks of life, right? Mm. Just end up teaching one one aspect of thinking to a computer, you know? So I yeah. think it's very valuable if businessmen, if, if doctors, if artists, if scientists come in uh, because they, they all see it in a different way and it just gives it a lot of dimension. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. So actually one question that comes to mind here is what are the types of expectations we should set for ourselves if we're like, okay, I want to actually write code and make these models do I need to set aside like six years of, of my life or is it no. six months or like, what is the expectation? No, no. For that six years, I would, I would not be there. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be missing a few years to get there. No, uh, it depends on how far you want to go. Okay. Uh, with code, you can, you know, you, if you want to write a lot of heavy code, it, it takes a while. Uh, but the tools right now are, are very good. The, the tools are really putting... Uh, empowering everybody to use it because there are APIs, there are packages that are very easy to use. Uh, and so pretty much with, with a little bit of knowledge of coding, everybody can harness the power of machine learning. Mm -hmm. And then of course, if you want to write your own packages, then, you know, then maybe six years or maybe a few years, uh, but it's not, it's not needed. So everybody can decide, you pick your bottles, right? Like you pick, how much do you want to go in code? How, how far do you want to go in math? How far do you want in statistics? How far do you want to go in the business models? You know, and we, we all pick our battles, 
right? I decided to learn it the math way, but other people learn it in know a lot more code than me. Other people know a lot more about the business aspect than me, et cetera. So we just mm-hmm. all pick our I'll pick our battles based on our passions. And so yeah, so six years is not needed. Basically. Okay. <laughs> Guaranteed. Yeah. Yeah. And and actually just uh reflecting on my own experience here, maybe you could help shed some light on this. I'm sure other people are struggling with this, but when I uh, was working with building my own models in TensorFlow, for example, yeah. or actually I think Keras was, oh, yeah, Keras was what I was using. So I had a really hard time uh, kind of developing the intuition with how to structure the layers and just yeah. the whole layering concept really kind of, yeah. I mean, is that... Um, yeah. What do you, what do you, what do you say to somebody that struggles with having intuition with building the, I think if you have struggling intuition on the layers of a neural network, you're at the level of every machine learning professional, uh, including researchers. I don't think people Hmm. know very well what the layers do. Um, (laughs) That's comforting. I guess do a lot of more research and may have better ideas, but understanding a neural network is, is one of the hardest things. Okay. Um, I, I almost want to say that we're at the level of humans when they discovered fire, you know, they, they knew what it was good for and what it was bad for. Like if you put it here, you burn, but if you put it here, cook. Yeah. Um, but to be able to understand, you know, the chemical reactions that were happening and stuff, centuries were needed. And I think we are, we're at that spot that we know how, how good neural networks are and how they work, but it's slightly embarrassing that we don't know how to read them or, or much intuition about about layers and size you we may get a working intuition maybe somebody has worked with so many neural networks that when they see a problem they know okay i think you may need this particular architecture or something so there there's some knowledge along those lines but mm-hmm. it's not it's not knowledge that we've explained it's knowledge that we've just like know by experience so i yeah. think you're good if you're doing keras and and training and transform learning neural networks you're you're a deep learning person Okay. Yeah. yeah. So knowing what you, you just said there, it seems like the best thing that somebody can do once they kind of get to that, that point where they're, they're uh, just working on developing that intuition, it seems like the best thing they could do is just have a way to experiment uh, really like kind of iterate really quickly. Cause Absolutely. like the shapes of your layers and everything, and then the different um, uh, there it's, it's not just the layer. There's like uh there, there's other parameters, Evolution. I guess I would call yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. There's activation functions. There's all this kind of stuff. Yeah. And yeah, as you mentioned, it's, it's more experience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yep. There's for all the uh, get rich quick people out there, there's no shortcuts. You just got to mess, mess with it. <laughs> just, yeah, just hit it. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So I was curious, uh, what is the story behind your belief on why every human deserves a world-class education? Oh yeah, no, that to me, that's, if I have one strong belief, if you ask me one, it's that one. Uh, I, I think, I think education is, is a right. And I think it should be for everybody. And the most, the simplest reason is that we all benefit when a person receives education. You know, it's, it's not an individual thing of I'm going to get my education and then I do better in life. I mean, that's true. But if someone else gets education, my life is better. You know, what if the next person, the person to discover the cure of cancer is, uh, you know, a little girl in Africa that has no opportunities. We give her the opportunities and then she cures cancer for the rest of us, you know? So I think, think it's a smart decision, let alone a, a human decision of giving everybody opportunity that, that they deserve and, and to go their fullest potential. So mm-hmm. I, I, 
I strongly, strongly believe that that everybody should have access to a world-class education. Hmm. Yeah, that's that's powerful. Uh, so thank you for sharing that. What is your uh, biggest lesson learned from going through the process of reinventing yourself as an online educator? That's a great question. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think my I think uh, the biggest lesson I've learned is that you can reinvent yourself. That it's never too late. I always thought I had my path uh, set that I was going to be a mathematician all my life and that my, basically I could explain every single step of along the way. And I was a little you know, scared to learn slightly different things. So I was very siloed. But when, you know, I let the floodgates open and I started learning different things, now I'm just addicted. Like I just, I just want to learn different things. So it's never, it's never too late. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's really powerful too. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I went through a similar experience. I, I went hardcore oil and gas mm-hmm. and due to the nature of that industry, when commodity prices, when it's, when the prices are up, things are good. And when the prices crash, things are bad. Yeah. And uh, I, had, I had just gotten uh, graduated from school, got my dream job at an oil and gas company. And then it wasn't 10 months later, they laid off like 20% of their workforce or something. Yeah. I mean, it was a blessing in disguise, but if you would have told me that at the time, there's no way I would have been receptive to that, uh, to that message. But I, I, my back was kind of up against the wall and I, reinvented myself. I like, I became a uh, database administrator by accident. I was like, okay, this is where I'm going to go make nice. my money. And then programming uh, shortly followed. And so, yeah, the whole, I'm so fascinated with reinventing yourself. I feel like uh, just showing like that skill of showing people how to crack that nut or get o- overcome their fears. It's um, you can have an amazing, you can change your trajectory in life at any time yeah. uh, if you want. Absolutely. And we always think that if we switch careers, we start from the very beginning. Like we start, we go back to being a freshman, but that's not true. You start way ahead because you already have all the knowledge you have, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's like being an athlete. I mean, if, if, if I'm going to switch to being, uh, uh, I don't know, a, a tennis player, it's harder than if like, I don't know, a basketball player switches because they already have the, the stamina. And of course, it's not easy, but they already have the physical prowess, right? So mm-hmm. uh, I feel like it's the same with the mind. We switch, we switch something and we already have um, a lot of knowledge and a lot of things we've done and we can sort of piggyback from that. And maybe we can even enrich the new profession because we have a new way of seeing it. Yeah. We're seeing the world. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. So thank you for sharing that. And I was wondering, um, uh, and maybe you've already touched on this a little bit, but if somebody wanted to create a similar experience in their life, like reinventing themselves, what are some tools and priorities they should keep at hand? Uh-huh. That's a great, that's a great question. Um, I mean, I think tools, I think we are at a good moment for that. I think everything is online. I mean, there's courses. What I did is I started taking online courses uh, and started you know, it depends on what you want to do. But if, if what you want to do is related to machine learning and data science or something or programming, there's so many tools we can use, you know, Kaggle, uh, competitions, uh, all kind of projects, basically anything you want. Um, but I think the best advice I can give is to sort of follow your, your passion and your happiness, right? Like I, I've reinvented myself a couple of times and it's because, you know, most of them is just kind of like the last thing wasn't working out. Um, and, and one day I asked myself the question, I said, 
what do what I do if every job paid the same? So if if we just got like a, a salary and had to do one job, which one would we do? Right? And uh, sometimes it's not obvious. You know, being in the middle of Silicon Valley, teaching is not obvious, right? Uh, but somehow I was always drawn to that. I was like, oh, I just like to explain things, even if it's on a napkin or something. Uh, and then things worked out. You know, I think there there is there was teaching in the in Silicon Valley. Believe it or not, I, I didn't know that such thing existed. Hmm. But at the end, is it's just following what you like, like what feels like a hobby. I think you need two things, right? You need a purpose in life. So you say, okay, what do I want to do for the world? Like, if I wanna, if I can do one thing for the world, what what would that be? And then the other one is what I want to do as a hobby that, that if I have one day for free, I, I just do that. And if you can combine those two, then that may just be your passion, right? Like that may just be the thing you want to do. And sometimes it's not obvious because society prioritizes some things and deprioritizes others that are wonderful. Mm-hmm. But, um, but I, I do encourage everybody to, to try to align those two things and, and, to, and to really follow their, their happiness. Yeah, no, oh, that I I love the uh, algorithm for finding your passion. Thanks. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so for somebody starting out with machine learning, how much math is good enough to get under their belt? Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, I'll answer the standard answer and then I'll I'll do this disclaimer. But uh, you need some. Uh, the, the first thing you need is intuition. Um, but you linear algebra is also very helpful. Um, calculus is always very helpful and probability or statistics. Um, that's the official answer. But the disclaimer is that you want the uh, intuition of those. So everybody knows the intuition of probability, you know, even if we don't, you know, we go around the world uh, calculating odds like, Oh, if I go through there, maybe uh a dog would bite me, but if I cross the street like this and then something, I'll get hit or something. You know, we're, we're always calculating probabilities. And, and so that's what we do in machine learning, right? So probably just put formulas on it. But mm-hmm. if you have that intuition strong and then the intuition of linear algebra is, you know, if you can, you know, draw lines across points and move them around and imagine planes and things like that, uh, that's very important. Uh, so, but, but I think this, as I said, it, this, this can be developed as you go. Like, I, I think you can, you know, if you have, if you pick up a machine learning book or, and, and then pick up a math book on the side and start reading both at the same time, that's, that's better than if you go take a math book and until you finish it, you say, okay, I'm not going to start machine learning until I finish my book. No, I, you know. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. So don't let it, don't let it uh, prevent you from kind of exploring the ecosystem. Just try and exactly. learn it along the way and, be patient with yourself. If you run into exactly. crazy symbols that you've never seen before, uh, yeah. <laughs> how do you approach that? The, the symbols are, I'm, I'm not as, ter- as terrified of the symbols as, as the next person, but uh, they're always, there's always something beautiful hidden in the, underneath those symbols. And maybe the person writing wasn't, did not do a good job illustrating it and they just gave you a, a formula. But uh, I, always, I always believe that there's, there's something uh, the be- very beautiful concept behind every formula in the same way that if you know if you see some sheet music so, uh, in some scales you, there is a song behind right you just have mm-hmm. to find the song but not yeah. to be scared of the like uh 
of of the of the paper of the of the, of the scribblings <laughs> on the paper there's there's something behind right yeah. yeah no that makes sense and then there's wonderful resources like your youtube channel where i'm sure you'll you'll uh help uh help people kind of overcome areas that you've seen where it could be a little challenging yeah yeah i definitely try that in the youtube channel i i i have a policy uh no formulas every now and then i have to put the occasional formula uh so people don't say hey just just show me the formula okay fine i'll put it there but uh my my um i i really try to bring everything down to an example i i always understand things on a simple example i try to say what is the simplest example that illustrates this topic fully yeah um and uh the example could be you know i don't know pizza or i don't know animals running around or something it's always something cartoonish uh but it's always something that that illustrates it and so i i try to go for that and uh i always show my videos to to people that that are intelligent but don't know math to see if the if the concepts are really coming through if i don't have any blind spots mm. uh, so yeah so i recommend that for for anybody who's interested Awesome. Yeah. And so you, so your vetting process sounds kind of interesting, actually. You'll, it's not, it's not just about prolific content creation. You're actually testing it before you deliver it to the masses. Is that kind of what I understand? Yeah. Yeah. I take, I take months cause I started, I start getting, I get something in my head, I get some topic and I'm like, I really want to understand this topic better. And then I start reading it and explaining it. I have, I, I'm, I'm lucky that I'm a very slow learner. Like when I'm in class, I'm always getting lost. And so I have to explain it to myself yeah. to understand it. And so when I explain it to myself in a very simple way, then I think it's in a pretty good state. But then I start explaining it to people. So I'm like, hey, let me show you something here. And then let me show you something there. And I see where they don't understand. It's like, okay, no, this made no sense. You're right, you're right. It made no sense, my fault. <laughs> then I am, um, and then I try something else, something around it, some different example. And I just, let it go in my head until until it looks stupidly obvious and when i when it looks stupidly obvious then i put it on youtube that's that's when you know you have a piece of gold that's awesome man (laughs) i I love it so uh for someone oh let's see here so what are some soft skills that are critical for anyone serious about monetizing their programming skills Ah, that's interesting. Soft skills. I mean, yeah, I think, I think soft skills are underrated in, in technology um, because we care too much about, you know, knowing this or knowing that. But I think uh, human skills are, are very important. Knowing how to talk to others, knowing how to, you know, not everybody's a salesman and I'm, I'm certainly no, no salesman, but definitely, you know, just working on a team, being able to to agree with others or to disagree in, in, a, in, in friendly ways, you know, in a way that in respectful ways, I think that goes pretty far. Mm. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, also knowing, I think the way we behave with each other is helps in the way we behave with the world, right? If we're making models for the world, uh, we need to remember to be kind, right. And to, you know, machine learning is a, is a weapon if it's used wrong. It, it could be dangerous, right? Like it, if it, it um, replicates uh, human behavior, which may not be a good thing all the time, right? Uh, some human behavior is terrible, some data is terrible, and some there's bias everywhere. And so I think somebody who's who is who is kind and has those those you know sort of social human awareness mm-hmm. uh, is great for machine learning because they will 
hopefully be aware when when you talk if I'm doing an algorithm with with biased data or if I'm doing something that may not be for good I need I need to be fully aware so I think I think human skills are super super important yeah I'm I'm so happy you you brought up some of the, those topics <laughs> one of them um, I so Ray Dalio wrote this book called Principles and one of one of his principles and that he kind of uh, says the reason why he has the greatest hedge fund in the world is because uh, he's able to engage in thoughtful disagreement, which is what you're talking about with like, hey, maybe we don't see eye to eye on something, but can we kind of, you know, talk through it without making each other feel, you know, tiny? Um, that's an awesome skill. It's very important because it's also part of the learning, right? Like we don't know everything. And if I'm talking to someone else, they, they may know something that I don't and I should give them the opportunity of teaching them to me and doing myself a favor. Mm-hmm. Vice versa. Maybe I have something to teach them. You know, I think that's very important. Yeah. Cool. Thanks for bringing that up. So uh, what do you recommend that doesn't take too much effort, but solves like 80% of the challenge on getting the programming skills required to do machine learning? Mm-hmm. That's a good question. Um, and actually it applies to me because my, my background is not programming. So I'll never, I'll never feel like an expert as a programmer. Um, I think it's important to know how the algorithms work. Um, I think it's, it's fun to see, you know, to start thinking like a computer a little bit. Um, we tend to think that if, if you, if, if somebody talks about machine learning, sometimes they, they tend to say things like, oh, and then the computer figures this out. It's like, no, they, they don't figure things out. They're a bunch of ones and zeros. It's a bunch of switches, right? Mm-hmm. So if we start, if you learn, you know, the algorithms, whether you know how to code them or not, uh, things like sorting algorithms or, you know, trees, things like that, I think that gives you the mindset of, of what a computer can and cannot do. Uh, so that's, sort of puts your mind in the right, in the right mode. Uh, and then for coding, I think, um, you know, not, not that much is needed. I, you can take one course on, you know, Python, I think is the best. Uh, a lot of languages are good, but I think Python is simple enough that if you haven't done coding, uh, it teaches you all the, all, all the concepts without going too far, like C++. Um, I don't know. Some people love it and I, I respect them, but I, I see it and it just looks so complicated. And I've written code there, but it's some, it kind of goes a little too complex uh, uh, for, for someone who's not doing coding for a living, you know, for someone right. who's doing it as a means to an end. Uh, I think Python is, is perfect. So yeah. And then, and then, you know, finding something you enjoy working. When I started learning, I learned coding, back in college but then i forgot it very quickly i never had to took my i took as little as i needed and then i relearned it as an adult and the way i learned it was yeah learning the algorithms and also kind of coding little fun things i wanted to do like a little game or something i I coded it and just trying to have fun with it yeah yeah yeah, that, that's excellent. So uh, hopefully that just helps people prioritize a little bit because it can just be so daunting to see like, okay, maybe I want to go this direction in my life, but holy cow, like where do I even start? So hopefully they got yeah. you know, an idea of how to eat that elephant one bite at a time. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's a good that's a good analogy. And you're not gonna finish the whole the whole elephant, and everybody, you know, it, everybody comes in through their angle. And I I came in, and I know I know you know some coding, but not not all of it. Not not as much as uh, an expert uh, engineer. But uh, you know, once you get to a functional state that you can learn by building things, then you can then it's much faster, right? Yeah. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So uh, for a beginner, what do you think is overly difficult that they should avoid? So kind of inverting that question that I just sent you. Oh, that's a good question. It's, it's hard to say because it depends who's the beginner, right? Mm-hmm. Um, myself, when I came in, some, some coding things were very hard for me that for a 20-year-old intern, they were super easy because they were doing that. Um, my strength was like there were some math things that for me were easy and for us were hard you know there are times that for example in yeah in, in interviews i would i would not answer an easy question i would answer a hard one so the strengths are all completely different so it depends on it depends on where you're coming from um but i you know i would i would guess that the hype is the hardest thing i think when people come in they to machine learning, they think, wow, this is just really complicated stuff. I'll, I'll never be able to, to do it. I'll never be able to, to be strong in it. And I think that's probably the biggest hurdle to, to go over, you know? Hmm. And when you talk to people, it, it sounds like everybody knows everything, but you know, everybody's an expert in one tiny aspect and, and don't know all the other ones. So I would say confidence, like if, you know, to beginners, if there's beginners listening to this, like, I just go for it. Like people, you know, a lot of people sound like experts that they're not, you know, I think, uh, don't, don't get intimidated. Don't, um, don't get intimidated. And just, if you're enjoying it, you're in the right place. Yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. I, uh, I, I love how people articulate the, uh, these particular questions there. I've never heard the answer twice. Uh, the same oh, okay. answer twice. So yeah, thanks. Was it, was it good? Okay. Yeah. Oh, I, no, I, I love it. I mean, it's just, it's just a reminder, like, um, yeah, the, in the, in the, in the world of nerds, uh, it, it can be really, uh, uncomfortable at times because you're like, wow, this, you know, this person, I mean, they're a genius. Why would they like, even on this podcast, I had like a, like a sense of getting ready for this. I'm like, holy cow, this guy's got like a crazy background, you know, like, but I, I know that, um, yeah, exactly like what you're saying. Like we have expertise in different areas and if you're uncomfortable, you know, you're in the right place. And as long as you love it, you're, you're also in the right place. So yeah, yeah. I'm really resonating with what you're saying. Definitely. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> um, what types of problems is quantum AI positioned to solve? That's yeah, that's a great question. I think quantum AI is in a great, in a great spot right now. Um, basically what quantum AI does is, uh, speeds up uh, removing the AI part, uh, quantum computing, uh, speeds up the classical computer by a lot. So Mm -hmm. there's, but in ways that are not always obvious. So if there's a big bottleneck in an algorithm that takes forever, then a quantum computer can come and, you know, quantum computers can sometimes offer. Uh, great speed ups in in that particular part. So there are a lot of bottlenecks in machine learning algorithms in training algorithms that I think um, that I think quantum computers could uh, could speed up. Okay, excellent. Yeah. 
And um, are are we ready for tools like quantum TensorFlow, or do, or is like the hardware education like are we just not there yet? Um, I think a tool just came out recently. I haven't looked at it very carefully. And quantum, it's basically quantum TensorFlow. Um, I think what's missing is the hardware. I think uh, the, it's hard to build a quantum computer. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I'm hopeful. I mean, I think airplanes were hard. So <laughs> we'll figure it out. Uh, I, think, I think they'll figure it out. Uh, and uh, yeah, that's, that's the hardest part. I think the physical constraints are, are very complicated. Mm. Okay, excellent. And uh, what role do you see... Uh, and maybe we already answered this, but uh, I'll, I'll just throw it out there. What role do you see quantum AI playing in our future? Is it just the the tricky bottleneck part of an algorithm, or is there other roles that it might play? You think? No, I think as far as I can as I can imagine, quantum computers will just um, uh, be able to to help with that bottleneck. But that's that's huge because I I mean in regular algorithms, even not just quantum, even not just AI algorithms just just speeding something up it's just a, a humongous change for example uh factoring numbers right like quantum com- computers can can factor numbers much faster than classical computers of course they're they're very small so they cannot do it for very large numbers but in principle a big, uh, if we had a big quantum computer we we could factor large numbers and that already basically removes all cryptography because that's all scary of, yeah uh, so a little, a little tiny uh, advance like that just takes down a, a humongous wall. So, so I think uh, I think a lot of yeah, I think in AI many things will will be, will change. Hmm. Yeah, and getting back to your whole your whole ethics topic. Uh, hopefully, That's the good people figure that out before the bad people. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like everything. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's uh, okay. Cool. So, uh, what is the most likely way that generative models uh, are or will be monetized? Ooh, monetize. Uh, to be honest, I haven't thought about that part. Uh, I think. No, I mean, I think generative models are definitely the next, if not the current, uh, big thing because they really, really capture, you know. I think of them as how how humans operate, right? Because with regular machine learning, is basically we're mimicking how a human answers questions or true false or how it learns a task. But in you know general models, they paint a painting or they write a song or a, they they do what what creative you know what defines us as creative humans. Yeah. So in terms of monetizing, I think. Um, yeah, I have to think about it, but uh, there's, I think, I think there's a lot of potential. Yeah, I, I uh, spent a little bit of time working with GANs, and they mm-hmm. were by far the most like processing intensive type yeah. of of uh, machine learning because you you basically have these two models battling each other. Yep. And uh, so the concept is really cool, and uh, yeah, what you're what you're saying about it being kind of like the thing right now. The technology is not that old, and um, it's like 2011. I think they kind of yep. just yep. started uh, playing they, with it. So, yeah, and they get better by the second. I mean, like every I've seen those papers where they show like the faces they generate every year, and it's every time is more perfect, like by far. Yeah, like three years ago it looked like I don't know, 
50 years ago. Yeah. yeah. So it's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's definitely an exciting time. So hopefully um, the, the computing with those, like I think my patience was just like, it would take, you know, it could take like half a day on, on, and I wouldn't say my computer is like slow, but I didn't want to fork out some cash for like a cloud computer. So just even learning it with uh, those tools, it was like, ah, this yeah. it's hard to iterate. They take a while. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, where will education stand to benefit the most from AI, do you think? Oh, yes, yes. Uh, well, I think right now we're looking at it, right? Like right now with... Uh, just just tech education is, is showing us that when we you know we have to stay home that uh that's a solution but um you know i believe let me go a little broad and say what where i think tech would help education i think it'll okay. help in in many ways uh to bring it to everybody in the world that's that's a dream to bring it to even you know not not just geographically is one thing and 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 economically is is is, is one thing right to bring to everybody who can but even things like like to people of different ages who don't have the opportunity to go to a certain place to study or to take the time or they have kids or, you know, just to, just to everybody. I think um, hmm. it really democratizes it. But where I think AI will, will really make a difference is in personalization. Um, I look at myself and uh, I'm kind of a terrible learner. Like when I'm in class, I, I'm lost. Like I think when I'm, you know, when I'm listening to someone, I'm passive, I just start daydreaming. And uh, some people that works and for some people, traditional education works. Well, I am the anti example for that. And so I wonder, you know, uh, what, what can be done. And, and then it turns out, you know, every, everybody learns in a different way, you and I and everybody, and we have one standard model of education and that can't be right. I mean, we personalize our Netflix movies, but, but our education is the exact same thing. Oh, that is weird. Yeah. Now that so if think, you got to yeah. frame it that way, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> and then, uh, so, so my dream would be to see, you know, completely personalized education. So, uh, a way that AI can look at you, uh, read your signals and see how, how am I learning, uh, learn about myself. How, how do I learn? Um, you know, just go concept by concept and make it in a, in a way that is um, interactive because I believe learning should be interactive. It shouldn't be passive. Mm-hmm. So all, all those things, I think they can be done with, uh, with AI. And I see some great work. There are some great, uh, great companies. I was actually talking to my a friend today, it's a, a founder of Ahura AI and what they do is, is wonderful. They do, they, they hook you up with a lot of things and they, they read, um, you know, from, from signals like, like, to show you what type of content they want to show you, like uh, you know, video or text or quiz or something like that. And I think uh, I think that those kind of things uh, are the future of education. You know, hmm. our personal tutor, and it just caters to however we learn. That'd be yeah. Man, that's that's awesome. I look forward to uh, seeing how how all that uh, unravels. And I also because I'm I'm huge on self education myself, and mm-hmm. so kind of like taking out the guesswork of what should be my next priority and that sort of thing. Uh, yeah, I would love some help in that department. So that sounds awesome. Well, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So uh, I know that one of your like three to five year goals is to really grow your YouTube channel. And I was wondering uh, if you just kind of had to stand back and look at it, what is like one big domino that if you could just knock that thing over, that it would knock over all the other dominoes 
for growing your YouTube channel? What do you think that is? Ah, that's a good question. Actually, I, it's a good question for, for myself to think about. Um, I think, I think technology, I think, I think I'm hitting a peak in animations and stuff. I think if I could, uh, if I put some effort there and I would, you know, learn some tools and things like that, uh, I could, um, uh, I, I could improve a lot. Um, maybe adding code, I think would be, I, I add some code to some videos and people really, uh, appreciate it and they, and they ask for it. So I think, you know, something like that and, and maybe even just slightly outside of YouTube, but you know, practice what I preached one and a half minutes ago and just say, do something interactive. Yeah. And I think there are some great channels, some great, uh, pages that have, you know, interactive tutorials. Um, mm. if I could do something like that where people can just play with things. Uh, I wouldn't, yeah, that, that would be something pretty cool. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, I think those would be two. Awesome. Yeah. yeah thanks. Not down. Yeah. Well, that, but you know what? That's such a great question that I'm going to actually write it down and, <laughs> and start thinking like, I'll, you know, I'll put a post-it in, in my screen and think that every day because that's, uh, that's great to think about. Yeah. That I, um, I, I try and do my best, not catch people off guard, but there there's a, I'm starting to discover as a podcaster, there's, there's a way to peel back the onion. And, uh, one of my secret motivations on this podcast is to kind of have some innovative, like, yeah, let's have some things trigger in our brains that we never thought of before. And so I'm, I'm a little obsessive about how do I peel back this onion where we might be able to have some innovation on yeah. live. Like you just saw innovation on the podcast. That's kind of, yeah, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so that's it. like one of my secret uh, motivations there. But anyway, oh. thanks for answering that. That was Working. cool. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So along the uh, ideation process, uh, I was curious, how does that ideation process work for you when you're developing content like videos, blogs, and books? Yeah, that's, that's interesting. It, it kind of happens. Like I have, I always have a list of things. I want to learn this. I want to learn that. And there's different levels. Sometimes there's something advanced that I want to just barely crack and, and be able to read the first page of the paper. And sometimes it's something like traditional that I think just hasn't been explained well yet. And that I want to get to the very, very, very bottom of it. Mm. Uh, and so that I have an endless list and I have a, a Google doc with just everything that I want to, to make a, a content on. And I just, yeah, I just have, there's, there's normally one that's kind of one or two that are kind of winning. And then I'm just like scribbling all the time until something just goes clear. Normally I have a click moment and I'm like, Oh, this is, this is it. <laughs> and I may, and then 10 months later I have a video on that. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So, so it sounds like you just, you, you try and like corral all your ideas in one place and you'll notice that you kind of gravitate towards certain ideas and that's kind of what you focus on, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And many times in conversations with people, I think one of the things that I want to start doing in the channel is something uh, like what the number file does, you know, like something like uh, a bit of a interview style. Uh, maybe when I, when somebody has something great, but they, you know, they, they, they know something amazing, but I can help them explain it to the world. So I've actually been chatting with a few people. I have, I have some people on a, on a sort of queue where I've just like, you know, 
interview them to ask them what is it that they you know the particular thing they want to explain and if they can explain it to me and if i get to understand it then everybody will because i will understand it like a like a child and so that's the plan and i'm maybe i'll start with some of that like and that, and that always comes up in conversations like I'm, I'm talking to somebody and nerding out and they're like oh did you know this thing and i'm like wow that's amazing let's make a video about that <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah cool yeah. I, so I was curious, uh, what are your top three tips for someone that wants to build a YouTube channel on simplifying complex topics? Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, the, the best thing is to start building it. I think that's, that's the way to go. Um, eventually you'll start finding things. Uh, I, I started realizing, okay, maybe I think this, this hit jackpot and this didn't and, maybe I should do more things like this. There are times when I put a video and I'm like, eh, it's going to be okay. And then everybody's like, oh, I love it. And there's times where I'm like super excited about one that it's like didn't receive, you know, that much. So you can only, you can only learn things by, by putting them out there. But I think I always encourage people to put things out there. Like mm -hmm. the way you understand things are different than anybody else's. Even see if it's slightly put it out there and, and see what happens. Uh, then you start discovering what your strengths are. Yeah, I love it. Just the iterative approach and yeah. uh, be fearless. Like it's not, yeah. it's going to be a struggle at the beginning. So just get out there and do it. Yeah, no, just, just get the push. I mean, I would just actually take, take a video of them and just put it without them knowing. And, you know, <laughs> yeah. It's kind of what happened to me. I mean, I, okay. I sent my, fir my first video to uh, people in my previous work and it was like, okay, hey, what do you guys think about this? But it was internal, right? I, I just made some thoughts and, and put them in a video and then I sent it to some people and then the VP was like, Oh, I retweeted. And I'm like, Whoa, it is retweeted. <laughs> and then if he retweeted it, then I said, okay, well then I'll make it public. And then the channel became, came out of there, but I would have never started huh. uh, sharing with, with the world. I just had it for myself. So I wonder how many people uh, just have a bunch of cool stuff of, of how they think and how they understand things. And, and we don't know because, they haven't thrown themselves out there. So just, just throw yourself out there. The worst thing that happens is that you end up with a video with no views for a while or yeah. like 30 views or something. That's not that bad, you know, because if it was bad, then nobody watched it. So, yeah, yeah. no, I, <laughs> I, I love it. Asking, ask that question is so magical. You know, what is the risk? Yeah. You know what? There's no, you know, nobody's going to get cut and uh, there, no blood, you know, it's, nope. it's the risk is pretty low. Your ego <laughs> might get a little bruised. Uh, Maybe, but you know, that's yeah, okay. <laughs> I love, I love, yeah, I love how you, you frame that. That's an, that's a magical question for sure. So, um, do you have a system for managing all, Oh, I, let me, let me phrase it this way. Cause I know your daily non-negotiable is learning new things every day. So yeah. the, the question is, do you have a system for managing all those things that you learn every day? I know you touched on the Google doc, but is there, how do you, yeah. how does one manage that? You know, my head's just like, <laughs> place. I, I normally have a few things that are strong. Like for example, right now I'm learning, do you ask me about, you know, quantum computing? I'm learning a lot of that. Mm -hmm. So that's one of my top. Then I'm learning, you know, whatever the, the current video I'm working on. So right now, actually today I'll be putting one on, on LDA, which, uh, so that's the other thing. Those are two things. And then, yeah, the rest is just, is just little things. 
like but i and i think i think if you have sort of one or two horizons that you're always focusing on and then the rest just let let it go nuts like let it go just the add go go crazy yeah um i think that's a good that's a good strategy like you can't control things too much but you also have to have some guidelines right yeah 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 i i love that and uh so i was also curious how do you make sure so I know it's one thing to like consume all this content or you could read books until your eyeballs pop out, but you know, are you putting it to work? And so my question to you is how do you make sure that your daily learnings are being leveraged and, and actually being executed on? Yeah, I, so there was a time where I had a, 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 a Google drive with like a few columns on what each, each type of thing I was doing. And, and that worked for a, for a little bit, but then I, I realized that, no, I can. I I didn't really uh, continue with it, but I sort of, I sort of had it in my head like a small, a small checklist. Like I'm normally, you know, reading a book or listening to an audio book, and so when I'm walking from point A to point B, I I listen to that. Uh, then I also when I, I don't know, I kind of have my my rituals. Like if I'm when I'm in the you know the evening, I I I try to book this. Uh, I don't really have a system. I'm not, I think what, what helps me teach is that my head is a little bit all over the place. And so pinning it down uh, with schedule just, just doesn't work because I feel like maybe I'm creative on, on the other thing when I'm trying to do this one. Yeah. <laughs> um, nice. But I, I try to look back in the, the day and if I didn't get one thing done, maybe I got the other one. Like maybe I, in the course, in the quantum computing course I'm doing online, then I didn't make progress, but I did read a big chunk of the book I'm reading on something else. So I, I like to, I like to sort of give myself some slack, and I think people should do that. Like, you mm. don't have to be super, you know. As long as you're doing a bunch of stuff, and as long as you're enjoying, you know, I think if if learning is when you enjoy, you know, don't necessarily feel bad about not doing it as long as you did some of it. Yeah. Yeah, that's I, I find myself getting caught up in that a lot where I'm maybe a little too hard on myself uh, in certain departments. And so it's always it's good to hear that reminder. So thank you for the reminder. We need it. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. No, I think we're hard on ourselves, but yeah. we shouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. That, some, some, some things are even, even fun to learn. Like I've done some like, you know, it feels useless, but like, for example, when I'm in a bus or something, like I have a long commute and sometimes, you know, when I'm tired, like I just play a little game on my phone, which is like, learning the capitals and then I'm just like start learning a bunch of capitals and it's like, or like learning, I don't know, a periodic table or so like just plus playing, clicking, clicking, clicking things. And I'm like, you know what? I think that, I think that can factor in my, in my learning. Like it's, you know, I did it for fun. I wasted time, but, but I learned a bit. So I, you know, I think, I think as long as it's fun. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. So uh, kind of towards the end here, I just have some uh, over, overarching uh, questions, all things considered that we've talked about. So uh, what are like your top three tips for somebody to monetize their programming skills? Ah, that's a great question. Um, you mean like as a, as a freelancer or like as a getting a job or? It, it could be, it could be um, really like, uh, any of those things, or if there's something that's really sticking out, like if you're a freelancer, you know, consider this Re really, however you want to handle it is fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I think, uh, 
you can there's there's many things you can do in terms of consulting it depends on your on your uh, level of expertise right but there's a lot of like you know the advisories one can do a lot of consulting and they, there are there are companies um i'm thinking of top dollar things like that where you can uh, i mean you have to be very skilled data scientist but if you get to a certain level they start giving you uh freelance work which uh which is uh pretty good or if you know a, if you feel like joining a you know big company that those always you know it's always uh, fulfilling but also small ones i mean i think there's always a lot of people looking for co-founders and startups and looking for there's 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 very often a person with a business mind that is looking for a technical counterpart and uh if you find something like that that seems like it's fun that seems like it's a project that you believe in uh don't be afraid to jump on it and and join a small place i think maybe there may be great things that that one can build like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's really cool. I I did a, another podcast interview today, and the guy was talking about kind of one of his or one part of his mixture with the secret sauce is putting himself in situations where you wouldn't regular regularly find those type of people. So mm-hmm. like the programmer at the real estate meetup or something uh, like that. Yeah, that's a good idea. And, a really good idea. and so yeah. kind of what you were just uh, mentioning there, like you have these business people and they're kind of looking for a technical counterpart. You know, mm-hmm. how do you, how do you make that sort of connection occur? Yeah. Maybe, maybe that's uh, that's how you do it because there yeah. are people like that. No, definitely. And on you, and I think you met you, Dinelli, when you mentioned that, that there are some, you know, some fields we are as, as tech people, we're always, kind of used to be in places that are very techy, right? So we're like, okay, uh, you know, Silicon Valley or something. But there are many, many industries and many disciplines that that are not that not there. Actually most of them, right? Not not yeah. just in terms of AI, but in terms of of coding and 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 programming, you know, like um full stack or things like that. So there's a lot of contributions that someone can make mm-hmm. in those fields. Yeah. Thank, thanks for sharing that. I always like to see, uh, give, give some people some ideas to kind of leave the podcast with on how to monetize their skills. That was, that was one of the reasons why this podcast became a thing for me was there's all these resources like, Oh, how to do the, the, um, tactical stuff of like getting these skills. But like, I think the goal is we're trying to make some money with our skills and (laughs) there's not, you know, the resources out there are, predatory to say the least. So I wanted yeah. to make, I wanted to make something that was like, okay, we're going to get experts on the show talking mm-hmm. about how they, you know, insights to monetize their skills and then yeah. really have some true mentorship here. So thank you so much. Great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, thank you. Um, what is, <laughs> okay. After this, you're off the hook. Uh, okay. What is the best piece of advice you've ever received? Ooh, the best piece of advice. Uh, I mean, I think I, I repeat it all the time, but I think it's, you know, follow, follow your passion. I've received it in many different ways. You know, uh, I think when I was in high school and I wanted to study math and everybody's like, don't study math. You won't make money. Cause you no, know, data science wasn't a thing back then. Right. And my mom said, no, 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 you have to do what you like. And so I was like, okay, okay, I'll, mm. I'll do that. And then I received that, that piece of advice later, you know, and somebody asked me, you know, what, what would you do if all the jobs paid the same? What would you do if, 
you know, we forget that. We, we tend to go for different things. I think really searching for what makes you happy is not an unfair thing to ask. It's actually a very fair thing to ask yourself. I don't know why society has made us guilty for doing that, but just, just follow, you know, follow one's passion. That's yeah. you know, best advice I've received. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. And uh, for 2020, what is like the most important non-technical book that we should read? Rocking machine learning. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yes. And that's, so that is uh, happening in May. I think I saw the, when, it's in Meep right yes, now. So you Meep can access, mode. yeah. You can access and get, right now there's eight chapters out of 10. Uh, it's expected for the middle of the year. Uh, there will be, you know, there's a GitHub repo. There's uh there will be also some some uh, mini chapters in between with like sort of more real life scenarios, some techniques and machine learning other than the algorithms because the, the chapters are mostly focusing on an algorithm. Yeah. So it kind of just goes theory, practice, theory, practice, theory, practice, uh, and code. So, okay. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, and actually, I meant I meant to ask this earlier, but uh, just to kind of give some people some insight of what they get when they work with you, I'm curious, why do you think people love consuming your content? Um, I think, I mean, I, I think, uh, my content, I, it's, a, it's, it's different. Uh, I, I try to make it non-technical. I try to empathize, you know, I think I empathize with, with everybody or I try, mm-hmm. uh, everybody's is way of understanding, right? So somebody doesn't need to have this part. If, if, if a particular topic doesn't require a particular type of knowledge, I remove it. Many times it's there for convenience so that the educator doesn't have to work that hard. But um, I think that, and um, I think humility, I think, I think that's the main thing I, I want to display and that I think that I want to show to people, which is, you know, knowledge is not something so far away. And uh, I think, uh, you know, if you're, if you're humble and you, and you, you show your weaknesses and I say, you know what, I, sometimes I don't understand this big formula. Sometimes the code is too complicated for me, but I tried really hard and I explained this with the bunnies and pigs and maybe you'll enjoy it. <laughs> you don't think it's too simple, but you'll enjoy it. So I think, I think that relating, relating to them, relating to, to the learner, you know, I've, I've been the slower learner in, in many rooms. Uh, and so I, I empathize with that. And I think there's, I think everybody has a lot of potential. And so I kind of, I kind of just have that message, you know? Yeah. Uh, I think that resonates. I hope. Yeah. No, I, I love it. I've heard of empathic listening, but uh, empathic learning, that's kind of a, that's a cool environment to create like a safe, a safe place where, you know, uh, we're dealing with complex topics here. So yeah. let's just make a safe place where, you know, yeah. you can start to digest this. I love yeah. it. A safe place where you can say, I don't understand. And that doesn't mean you're dumb. That just means you're curious. That means you mm-hmm. want to go further. And it also may just mean that, you know, we haven't really uh, broken down that concept. Well, people have different ways of not understanding. Many times I tell somebody, I'll tell an expert, I'm like, hey, I don't understand this. Can you help me? And then they explain to me in the exact same way that, that I knew already. I'm like, oh, wait, wait a minute. Then we both don't understand it because this is, this is a very high level, right? Yeah. Like sometimes you need to 
we all have different levels of non-understanding and and sometimes the one that says i don't understand is the braver one not yeah. not the slower one yeah hmm. wow yeah that's wild uh okay so going forward what are top programming languages to keep on our radar what do you think no i'm definitely python i think i think uh that's in terms of data science that's the king uh and i don't see that uh changing um i don't think people need more languages per se uh it's more of the concepts um, I and mean, r is pretty good um c++ or java if you want to go into deeper things uh you know java or javascript if you're doing something with uh with mobile applications or something but i for for what for the world that of data and tech i think i think python is more than enough i'll be more more into learning packages right like you know mm. tensorflow pytorch all those things uh and for people who code less uh, there are there are many things you can do tableau you know it's very good um and uh, learning how to use apis is, is very important because they they just take so much heavy lifting they that yeah yeah i i love that so maybe um focus on the things that people have made with the code like the apis for example that's uh uh, like data integration and having that skill of, okay, I'm going to go connect to this live data source and, and exactly. uh, do things with it. Like exactly. having the data is one thing, but you know, what are you, you know, what are you doing with it? The concept. So I love it. Yeah. Exactly. I love how you handled that. Cool. Um, yeah. Okay. So we've covered a lot of topics here and I was just curious, what is the message that you want people to leave the interview with? Uh, the message is, uh you know everything is doable i you know if you're in the tech world machine learning ai they're they're doable they're much uh much more uh simple than you think but if it's if it's something else that you like uh go for it i think uh, there's there's no barriers to learning and understanding and it's all about what you like awesome yeah that's, that's awesome. So uh, we're, what is our call to action here and where can people go to connect with you? Yes, the best place is uh, my page where I have everything. It's called serrano.academy. So it's a serrano like the pepper mm -hmm. uh, or like the ham, depending on where you live. Uh, <laughs> some places is more popular. So I'm in California, so it's the pepper. Okay. Uh, serrano.academy. That is uh, the place where I have everything. There is links to the YouTube channel. Uh, links to the book, links to some courses. When I was at Udacity, there are some a few a few free courses that I highly recommend. Uh, it's a deep learning one that I link to it there, uh, and I have resource. I have some videos in Spanish, my first language, so I do some there. Basically everything. So Serrano.academy is the place to go. Okay, perfect. And uh, yeah, I think did we leave anything off the table, or did we cover? Uh... Oh, we, we did even a good job. things I didn't know. So yeah, wonderful. <laughs> I learned, I learned things. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> cool. Yeah. This was a lot of fun. Uh, thank thank you. you so much for uh, becoming a guest on the show and I look forward to uh, seeing how your YouTube channel and your book and all these things that you're working on, how they, how they help out the world. So thanks thank for you so much. Thank you so much. Me. It's an honor to, to be a guest on your show. Yeah. You're, you're welcome, man. This was fun. Okay. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye.